Good evening, church family. Thank you for joining us tonight on this Wednesday night for our midweek Bible study. Uh, we're going to have prayer time in just a moment, but if you would want to go ahead and get your Bible and turn to our text, Matthew chapter 13, we'll be looking at verses 54 to 58 in Matthew 13. We're going to look tonight at the impact of unbelief. Now, last week we looked at one of my favorite, favorite stories. The woman with the issue of blood that touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was miraculously healed. And Jesus said, that's because of your faith that you were healed. And I love that story. This one tonight is sort of the opposite of that. We're going to see tonight what unbelief does. What unbelief does to you what unbelief does to others, the impact that unbelief has or rather the lack of faith has on people. But we'll get there in just a few moments. Join with me as we pray tonight and let's just spend some time praying for, for our schools, our teachers, our students, everybody that's getting ready to go back. I can't wait for school to get started back. Can you? I'm excited about it. I believe God's hand is on our schools and He's going to protect our children and protect our teachers. I'm excited about athletics. I, I want football season to start so bad in high school and all the extracurricular activities. I think golf is now going on and cheerleading and get softball up and going, basketball in the winter and band and all of those things. Folks, that, that means a lot to a community. It means a lot to, to kids, teenagers. We need that. We need that social interaction with one another. We need that development along with the athletics. Don't, don't mistake in what I'm saying here. Spiritually, our spiritual development is more important and most important of all. But all of these other things come to play a role too. I'm glad I'm wearing a t-shirt tonight that my grandson Tanner uh, and his mom got for me, Soddy Daisy Trojans. He's a freshman, going to be playing with Soddy Daisy this year. Another grandson playing down in Georgia at Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Both of these guys are outstanding athletes. Boy, they're going to be impacting a lot of folks on the football field. And I, I'm praying that them, along with Isaac and uh, Eli and our other kids in the church that are out there in sports, I pray they'll just be Tim Tebow's and Tim Tebowettes all over the place, giving testimony of Jesus standing up for their faith, letting other people see Jesus in them. You see, friend, here's one of the reasons it's so important that we get back to school in the classroom. The school is a great mission field. You think about Hung Thak out in L.A. and all the work they do there at Polytech High School, there among the kids and the other schools they're in. Our schools here, the schools down in Hamilton County and other places all across our region, they're mission fields. We need kids witnessing for Christ, Bibles being carried, praying, standing up for the Lord, sharing the gospel with their friends. My friend, listen to me. Don't you think for a minute the devil wants people in school. He doesn't want them there. 
But God does because it's a place that can be impacted for Christ. Christian teachers loving on kids and praying for kids that need the Lord. My friend, we better get busy praying. I want you to join with me right here as we pray for our schools and our athletics and all these things that we're talking about. Father, we just pray tonight for our schools. We pray that they'll be able to start here quickly on time. We pray for our teachers, our students. Lord, we see it as a great mission field where the gospel is shared, where we pray for others, where where kids, teenagers, and children alike can stand up for their Jesus and be a public example, a witness to their friends and others about living a holy life, a godly life, sharing the gospel of Jesus that others might be saved. God, lay your hand upon our teachers, our students. May you be honored and glorified, Father, among us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I got this magazine in the mail this week, and maybe many of you did too. Lighthouse Christian Camp. Our church sponsors Lighthouse. We give regularly as a church body. When you give your tithe and offering to our church, some of that goes to help Lighthouse Christian Camp. I want you to listen to what their magazine says. And in the front of it here, it's so powerful. And And it starts out like this. You know, this summer, during all the coronavirus, they still had their boys' camp in July, their girls' camp in June, and they had many hundreds of people. Many lives were saved and changed. Listen to what it says here. God is not quarantined. Don't you love that? God isn't quarantined. God's about His business. And so are we as His children. God's got this all under control. Notice another thing saying on the front here. Trusting the Lord, God-sized victories in the year of the coronavirus. My friend, doesn't that say it all? You won't see that on the news, I promise you, friend. But I'm telling you about it, and Jesus knows it, and our community knows it. God is at work, friend. Don't let anybody tell you He's not. And many lives are changed. God-sized miracles taking place out at Lighthouse Christian Camp. Well, I've already got me a little offering. I'm going to mail into them right after we leave here. This is just personal from me to them. I know that our church gives, but I want to give this personally. Maybe you want to do the same. I believe that they've been so faithful to the Lord, they need an encouraging word right now from us as the people of God. Just take a pencil and a paper. Their address will be on the screen. You jot it down. Make you out a little check and send it to them. Give a note there to Mike Kilgore or Ben Chapman and just say, we're praying for you guys, we love you, and we thank God for all that you've done for the kids in our community that needed a touch from God this summer. And later on in September now, they'll be having this uh, uh, day at the lake fishing and all that where they need boats and volunteers and Maybe God would lay it upon your heart to help them and and be a part of that as well. Well, I thank the Lord for, for their stand of faith. Now you see, friend, I can't I can't look at this scripture we're trying to look at 
and, and things like that not come to my mind. Matthew chapter number 13. Now we're going to get into our Bible study, beginning in verse 54. Jesus has come to His own hometown. They knew Him as a little boy. They knew Him as a teenager. They saw Him leave home as a young man. When He left home, the power of God came upon His life. He, he was always God in the flesh. But at His baptism, the Holy Spirit anointed Him for ministry and service. So now Jesus is healing the sick. He's opening blind eyes. He's healing crooked limbs. He's doing all of these miracles that are all taking place. Everywhere He goes, Jesus is the miracle-working God in flesh here on earth. But He couldn't do anything in His own hometown. And He tells us why. Verse 54. When He came to His own country, He taught them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and they said... Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? See, they knew about his mighty works, the healings and all of the things he was doing, the opening of blind eyes and, and answering a prayer and just responding to those who came to him in faith. They knew all that. He had healed lepers and you name it, Jesus did it. They knew it. They said, where did this man get this power to do these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers James and Josie and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not with us? All of his family is with us. They all live here. Where did he get this power and to do all of these great things? Verse 57 really reveals their heart. It says in verse 57, they were offended at Him. Man, can you imagine that, folks? That, that's absurd. That doesn't make sense. How could they be offended at Jesus who's got all of this power performing all of these mighty works? You see, friend, this whole community was drenched and, and just deadlocked in unbelief. A lack of faith. You see, we already know about Jesus. It is your faith that unleashes His power in your life. It is your faith that enables Him to do these great and mighty powerful things that you're praying and asking Him to do. And when you don't have any faith in Jesus, then He's not going to be able to do anything in your life. Listen to how, how it says here. He says to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And verse 58 says, He did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Their lack of faith, their unbelief, Tied the hands of Jesus, silenced the lips of Jesus of speaking and it being done because they didn't have faith. I want to ask you a question tonight and I want us to look at it here for a moment. And that is how unbelief affects you and how it affects others. 
When you and I have a lack of faith, what that does in us and what it does to other people. Well, here's one thing. When you and I have unbelief rather than faith, it erodes our confidence in God. Do you, do you know tonight, friend, that God can do absolutely anything? God can do the impossible. There is nothing you could ever think of that God cannot do. God can do anything and everything. And He wants to do it. And He wants to do things in our life. And if I don't believe that God can, then it erodes my confidence in God. Then He just becomes a little bitty God like a little idol out here somewhere that is deaf and dumb and can't speak, can't act, can't move, and He can't do any miracles. He's just a little nothing because I don't have confidence that He can. But when I have confidence in God, and I believe that He can, and I believe God is bigger than anything, and God can move mountains and accomplish anything, when I have God-sized confidence, then we can see God-sized miracles happen. That's what the Scripture says. You say, well, well, Pastor, listen. I've got confidence in God. I, I believe that He can, but here's my problem. I don't believe God will do it for me. I don't think God will work in my life. I don't think God will heal me. I don't think God will change my life, change my circumstances. I don't think God's going to do a miracle in my life. I'm sort of like these people in Jesus' hometown. They saw Him do it other places, but they didn't think He would do it for them. My friend, listen to me. Not only does unbelief affect your confidence in God, in, it also erodes your belief in the character of God. The character of God is this. God will do it for you because He loves you. God will do mighty things in your life because you're His child. I ask you something tonight, friend. Are you a Christian? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you do, you're His child and belong, you belong to Him. And you placed your faith in Him for salvation and you're trusting in Him to save you and take you to heaven. Why not trust Him to do miracles in your life and healings in your life and trust Him to do mighty works in your life? And see, when you don't, when you don't trust Him like that, that doubt erodes the character of God in your mind and in your eyes. It's like the devil sitting on your shoulder and he's saying to you, you're not worthy of God helping you. You're not worthy of God touching you. You're not worthy of God healing you. You're not worthy of God going with you and protecting you. You're not worthy. And you start feeling down and out and depressed and discouraged. My friend, you need to get rid of that thought. You need to rebuke the devil and tell him to get behind you and say, listen, not only do I have confidence that God can, I have confidence that God will do it when I pray because I'm His child. 
and I belong to Him, and I have confidence in the character of God. God's character's on the line. He said He would, I believe He will. He loves me, and if I come and ask Him, I believe He's going to work and do great things in my life. You see, the impact of unbelief on your life can be catastrophic and devastating to you emotionally, spiritually, physically, and every other way. But, that, but God doesn't want you to live like that. God wants you to live with confidence in Him and confidence in His character that He loves you as His child and He'll do these things for you. Well, there's one other verse that I want to share with you for a moment. It's over in the book of Galatians and this is how, how unbelief affects other people. The effect of unbelief, the impact of my unbelief on somebody else. You see, friend, your unbelief and your lack of faith, not only is it holding you back from growing spiritually, not only is it preventing God from doing mighty works in your life, not only is it costing you spiritually, but it, it impacts the lives of those around you. It hurts them. It costs them. Your unbelief rubs off on them. Oh, yes, it does. Don't you shake your head and say it doesn't. I can see through this camera. I know what you're thinking and doing. Listen to me, friend. Listen to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 9. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now, right there it is, friend. I've studied this book of Galatians and I know what it talks about and I know the context of this book and what Paul is saying to them is this. The Judaizers, the Gnostics, those that have no belief in God, those that do not believe God can and God will, they have come and they are troubling you. And they are pulling you down by their lack of belief, their lack of faith, their lack of Christian liberty in Christ. They're trying to force their ways of unbelief upon you to cause you to be discouraged and give up hope. And he says, I just want to tell you something. Don't fall for it. You need to rebuke them. You need to get them out of your life, get them out of your church, get them out of your way, get them out of your sight. You need to realize that a little leaven leavens the whole thing. You see, leaven is that which they put in a little bit of dough. And you put that leaven in a little bit of dough and it covers all the whole thing and it saturates all of that dough with that leaven. And we see that. It's referred to many, many times in Scripture. Listen to me, friend. You come over here to the rest of this chapter 5 and you read it and here's what Paul is saying to them. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off and not come against you. Do not be troubled. They want to steal away your liberty in Christ. Well, my friend, as we close tonight, I want to leave you with a little bit of challenge out of this scripture. Not only do I want you to think about tonight that your unbelief 
and lack of faith can affect you. It can affect your whole family. It can affect the whole church. It can affect those that you work with, those that you go to school with. And that's not what God wants. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. God wants you to be a person of faith, a person of belief in Him, confidence in Him, touching the hem of His garment that you may be healed. He wants you to be that person who is strong and courageous in your faith. One time a man came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, Lord, I want you to heal my son. I have faith in you. But then he said these words, Lord, would you help my unbelief? Well, that's the prayer that I want to pray for you and myself and our church tonight and those of you who are listening to this Bible study tonight. I want to pray for our community. I want to say, God, help our unbelief. In this time of pandemic, in this time of uncertainty in our world, in this time of chaos all around us, when we want to just think it's hopeless and it's helpless and we're so under the cloud of depression and anxiety and we're just weighted down, God, help our unbelief. Give us faith. Let Lighthouse Christian Camp and their stance this summer be something that oozes over to all of us in our churches, in our community, in our schools, all around the region that we would say, Father, we come to you. We have faith. We have trust. We're trusting. We're believing you. Help our unbelief. Don't let our lack of faith rub off on others. Strengthen our faith. Let our faith be contagious on those around us. Would you bow with me as we pray, as we close? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. Thank you for your goodness. Strengthen our faith, we pray, Lord. Do a supernatural work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, God bless you and have a good rest of the week.